Hey guys, welcome to the Trauma Room Podcast. This is TK. Thank you for watching or listening or both today. So this is going to be my first podcast that's actually recorded. So if you are listening, you can check it out on YouTube as well. And the audio will be on Spotify and Apple Apple Podcasts and all other streaming platforms as well if you just want to listen to it. So today's topic is WandaVision. WandaVision came out a while ago, but with Doctor Strange and the multiverse coming out, Wanda is in it. And so I decided to talk about WandaVision because WandaVision just isn't a TV show that's like an action show or like just another part of Marvel. It's a show that's actually about grief. Um, okay, so a little backstory about Wanda is that she has a brother and she had a family. Her family was killed in a war, her mom and dad, and her brother was killed during Age of Ultron, um, where he helped save Hawkeye when Hawkeye was saving a child. And so that's already three deaths that Wanda has dealt with her parents and her brother as well. And long story short, she falls in love with Vision, who is um, not a human, but an android. And she falls in love with him. And in the last Avengers movies, Avenger Endgame, he, he dies. He dies in Infinity War, um, which is the second to last. So Vision dies. And Wanda cannot cope with Vision's death. Like, she's had other people die. Her brother, her mom, her father. But she fell love with Vision. She felt like Vision was the only person in the world that could love her. And for him to die was so traumatic for her that in WandaVision, spoiler alert if you have not seen WandaVision, so you might not want to hear this if you go and watch it. But if not, this is what happens. So in WandaVision, Wanda creates a whole different alternate universe where Vision is alive and Vision is her husband and... It's not even a, um, it's not even actually a alternative universe. She puts a hex on a town in New Jersey where all the people and inhabitants become part of her fantasy, where Vision is alive and she's married to him and they have kids. And each episode goes by where she, she has growing up her family coped with the war by watching tv so the episodes go through all the tv shows they watched um while she was growing up like i love lucy a martin family the brady bunch uh full house so each episode is a decade 
of a show that they watched while her parents and her were growing up. And she doesn't understand how to handle grief so much that she puts this fixation of this is how things really are in her mind so much that she almost believes it as well. She almost believes that it's true. Vision feels like something is off. And every time he feels like something is off or tries to talk to her about it, she'll snap her uh, her hands and it'll go to a different decade. Or she'll do something to distract him to make him not realize like this is an illusion and that he's, he's actually dead. Because she, she, and that's the other thing, she killed him in Infinity War. She had to kill him because he had an Infinity Stone and they did not want Thanos to get it. And it was inside of him, so basically she had to kill him. And she was, ironically, of course, the only person strong enough to kill Vision. So she had to do that as well, which is another layer of grief that is just just sad because not only has she lost all these people in her life she also has to kill one of them for the greater good and so her life is not her cards have not been dealt that good so basically at the end of wandavision people are realizing that this is, you know, she's put a hex on this town. The people in the town are in danger. And it also turns out that another witch, because Wanda also is called a Scarlet Witch, but another witch is controlling. She saw that Wanda was in so much grief and created this town. And she's using Wanda's grief as an excuse, as, as an excuse to destroy the, destroy the world, basically. But... Wanda's grief was so detrimental to her that she did have a nervous breakdown. She did have a mental breakdown where she could not see anything else besides vision. She could not see any outside any outside source except for the love that she had for vision. And at the end of the show, oh, they she also created these kids wolf vision inside the hex and wolf in the show at the end she realizes like this is wrong like you're holding these people captive and making them be your puppets to interact like your life with vision when like none of this is real so she she lets the people go and actually become you know people again and let them have their own lives but the the damage is already done and she has to let go of vision and she has to let go of these kids because they're they're not really real. And so I would say if you haven't already seen WandaVision, please watch WandaVision and watch it with the guise of grief instead of just a show that a Marvel superhero is in because it is about grief. And one of the the things that vision says in the show is so incredible he says what is grief if not love persevering and that i mean that holds true to like everything because that is true what is grief but love persevering 
And I think so many times people think that grief goes like in a straight line and it, it doesn't like most, I feel like most people think like, okay, this is grief and it's just going to be the straight line. And it's not, it's like ups and downs, ebbs and flows. Like sometimes you'll be happy. And then for instance, bam, you'll think of that person and you realize that they're gone and you'll be back in that depressive state. Sometimes you might think of that person and think of good memories and be happy and just have the memories of them. So grief is love persevering. Grief will always be there. It'll just be there in different formats. And the thing that we as people need to realize about grief is not to let the grief like bring us down, like not to succumb to grief because it's different stages of grief and it just depends on you on what like what stage you want to stay in the different stages of grief are denial anger bargaining depression and acceptance i think so many of us when we're grieving situations or people we stay in that depressive state and we think grief means depression which grief does not mean depression grief can mean that you remember a person and you remember the happiness that they brought you or you remember the sadness they brought you but you don't stay in it so i feel like the way people should cope with grief is to understand like these stages of grief and then realize like what you can do about it like what you can do about grieving and there's also a grief that I feel like doesn't get talked about a lot. I feel like a lot of people don't even know that this is a, a grief. It's called ambiguous grief. And it's a, it's called ambiguous because it's grief that is experienced by the loss of a loved one or a person who is still alive. Um, so... Ambiguous grief is the best example is when you break up with someone and you have sadness and you wallow and you're being depressed. That is a good example of ambiguous grief because the person is not dead. And I think like not that a death type of grief is not as bad. But for me, ambiguous grief is horrible because you can't reconcile it. You can't come to terms with it. Like if someone dies, you're like, okay, I can finally accept that they're dead. They are gone. But with ambiguous grief, it's like this person is out of my life. I can no longer see this person, but they're still alive. They're still walking down the street. They're still interacting with people, but not you. And I feel like that type of grief is one that is so hard to cope with because we're just like, this person is still alive and there's nothing I can do to like, accept that they're not in my life. And so it's, it's very ambiguous grief is, is hard. It's, um, it's when also ambiguous grief can be like 
natural disasters or other things when you lose people and you can't reconcile with losing them. Like another example is like a kidnapping. If someone get, gets kidnapped and they, you know, you never find out what happens. You don't ever see a body. You don't ever realize that they're actually gone. And I think with, with death, that type of grief, in some sense, even though it is hard, it's easier to accept because in most cases, you can go and see a body or you know that they are dead. You know that it's no coming back. And with like a breakup or with kidnapping, a kidnapping where it never is resolved, that's the thing with ambiguous grief. It's, it's never resolved in the way you would like it to be resolved like a kidnapping you would like to find the person and then to come back but unfortunately so many people that have loved ones that are kidnapped have to grieve in that kind of way where they don't they don't know what happens and then even stranger is the cases where 25 years later the person does come back and then you have to reconcile with like you moving on because it's been so many cases where people have like moved on, married other people, and then years later, the person that got kidnapped or lost or whatever comes back, and you're like, I don't, I don't know how to deal with this. Um, and they do, they do that a lot in other TV shows as well. Uh, Manifest, if you all watch Manifest, did that where a plane disappeared for five years, and then the people came back five years later, and some people had got remarried, some people had moved on. And it's like, where are you supposed to be placed in my life? And also like with relationships, like if you break up with someone, it's hard to reconcile like that person sometimes has moved on and that you you no longer will be a part of their lives. And in order to deal with ambiguous grief, since it is different than regular grief, give a name to what you're experiencing knowing that it's different than your normal type of grief and be able to recognize that hey this is this is grieving and like i was saying a lot of people don't realize like even when you break up with someone that's that's a loss that's a loss and that that's a grieving so recognize what is grieving and what isn't grieving um, find a therapist. People need to realize therapists are your friends. Therapists are people that are here to help you and help you reconcile and help you cope with things. A lot of times people are like, oh, I don't need a therapist or oh, I don't need this or that. But it's always good to have someone in your corner that's neutral and that can help you understand what you're going through. Also, try to join a support group as well on whatever you're grieving or dealing with. And then also, for just grieving, think of, think of the good times with that person. Think of the good times with that person. I would say, while doing my podcast last year, September or October, 
I stopped the podcast for a while because my grandma was declining. I mean, granted, she was like a hundred and something. <laughs> uh, she was 104. So that is amazing in itself. Uh, but she was definitely declining. And just getting ready for like that type of grief can also be very difficult. I know with my grandma's and she passed, she passed in October. And so this part may be triggering the people just to let you know. Um I saw I saw my grandma pass away. And a lot of times, you know, telling people, oh, my grandma passed, or like, yeah, I was there when she passed away. People would be like, oh, you were in the room, or you were, in, no, like you were in the house, or like, oh, okay, you were like in the corner somewhere. And it's like, no, I, I literally saw her pass away. And I don't, I don't know how many people experienced that, but it is, I don't, there's no words for it. There's like no words. And I may start crying and it's not like because I'm sad or anything. It's just when talking about it, it's very overwhelming to try to describe because in some ways I wish I could have recorded it because I'm afraid that the memory of it will fade away one day and I, I don't want it to even though it was one of the scariest things <laughs> in the world um I can tell you the day before the week that it happened my aunt and my cousins had been saying like it's probably you know we might have to put her in hospice you know she's declining health so we thought we thought we had more time and I was I don't know why but it was it was all it all had to be God really it all had to be God because at the day before she passed I looked up like signs of people passing away like signs of people dying and I don't know, I couldn't sleep that night. It was like three o'clock in the morning and I just decided like, look this stuff up. And it, it just showed like the, the like how people die. And then the next day, you know, I was at work around like 5.45, no, around 4.45. My cousin told me, it was like, you know, my grandma isn't doing so well we need to, you know, get ready for her to pass. And, you know, I was like, okay. And my husband, he's at work as well. I was like, we need to go now. And he was like, he was like, oh, we got time. You know, she, you know, she's doing okay. She, she's gonna make it. She's doing okay. And clearly we did not because when we got there, <laughs> when we got there, y'all, if you saw my grandma, you would be like, yes, she's about to die. <laughs> like, it's not any time left. It's, it's like right now. And um, 
and and um when seeing it seeing her oh yeah it was pretty pretty like yeah this is this is the end um this is the end and it was it was all the emotions you can think of because like you know in movies people may like take a breath and then close their eyes or whatever and y'all this lady was still talking she was still trying to hold on like she was still talking like we were holding her hands like if you can hear and i read that the night before that when people pass they can still hear you and we was like if you can hear us squeeze squeeze our hand and she did and she was still trying to talk and we were like it's okay you don't have to talk like you we're all here we're we're all here and i can't nobody tell me that my grandma did not know that she was dying <laughs> and that may sound scary or like what the heck but in her instance being 104 she knew and I feel like she was okay with it because her and God had talked, man. Like her and God had was like, hey, I'm I'm ready. And God was like, you know what? I'm ready for you now too. You can come on. I just feel like whatever you believe is your business. But for me, I feel like this is the way that God wanted us all to die. Like she was at home, surrounded by family members, and she knew it was her time to go. Like if we have to die, then we have to die. But if this is, if we have to die, this is how it should happen y'all. Because like even now you may think like, what is wrong with this girl? She is talking about her grandma's death. And it's just like, I'm, she, she was not in any pain. She was not in any pain. She talked to us and she she was not in any pain. And I, I do feel like in my heart that she knew she was passing. And, and the night before I read that like when people pass or get ready to pass, they may do this like last breathing rattle um, and she did that and this is <laughs> this is like I'm not laughing at it but then I am because it's like funny because it is funny so she did like that little cough rattle and then did like a last breath and then her eyes like closed and we were like okay and then she woke up like she woke back up for like a second <laughs> and we were like what the heck <laughs> Like in a scary movie, like, oh, we were like, okay, she's passed. Like, oh my gosh, she's dead. And then she woke back up like for one second, a few, well, a few seconds. And then she closed her eyes and breathed like a last breath. And it was like, I mean, it was amazing. It was, it was God on display. And... I just, I know she knew. She knew, she had to know because being able to like pass that way, 
especially when like she might have had to be in hospice she was like i'm not going to hospice y'all <laughs> that's what she was saying she was like uh y'all talking about hospice okay i'm finna go <laughs> i'm finna go now <laughs> uh because i don't want to go in no hospice even if it's at home hospice i'm done with you all i'll see you later um even i mean even that even even when like the we the days coming up like she talked to my aunt just about telling my aunt like my aunt to be okay and my aunt did a good job with her because my aunt took care of her and that's all of this and so you know the story about my grandma that's the way she passed was so amazing that it helps with the grief because you know some people be like well she was 104 so like hey i could grieve 104 year old passing even though they're 104 it's not like i knew <laughs> um but just even in her passing the way she passed just gave more acceptance to it you know i would say i've had other people pass in my life which this will be a part two um this i've had other people pass in my life where i have not been able to deal with their death as good as this one where i have wanted to go with them <laughs> and so for her to just be able to pass like this is an example of where it allows your grief to still be grief but you are able to remember the good times and also remember like she she didn't die in a hospital because during this time it's 2022 so that stuff called a virus is out there and in hospitals she would have been back there by herself like nobody would have been able to come back there with her and that would that would be so sad can you imagine dying and none of your family can be back there with you because they won't allow it in hospitals so my, my grandma knew what she was doing She's like, I'm not going to hospice. I'm not going to a hospital. And she did say that. She was like, she did not want to pass away in the hospital. She wanted to pass away at home. And that's the thing, too. Just even talking about it to people. Like, like I was talking to one of my friends. And I was like, yeah, she passed away at home. And one of them was like, they didn't believe it. They were like, oh, I thought you meant she thought she was at home when she passed away. Like y'all told her she was at home when she passed away. No, this lady was at home in her own bed on her own time <laughs> and was like, I'm I'm going of yonder. <laughs> I see y'all later. I'm out of here. And I mean that happened in October of last of last year, October 2021. 20, and like I said, it's one of the only passing aways that I have been able to cope with because honestly, the other other ones go back to WandaVision. The other ones go back to WandaVision when I was not able to cope with them well. 
and was struggling with wanting to go with them. And I will talk about those in the part two of this episode. Um, so thank you for listening to the Trauma Room Podcast. And thank you for watching the first episode. Hopefully you got something out of it. And stay tuned to part two next week. That will also continue talking about grief. Talking about coping with grief in detrimental ways. And how to reverse that and cope with them in more positive ways that will keep you here. So thanks for watching and I'll talk to you all soon.